Hi there, and welcome to this episode of Fantasy for the Ages, the show where father and son sit down and talk about fantasy books. I'm the son of that equation, Zach. And I'm the father, Jim. It's great to have you with us again for another one of our conversations here. So we just have a good time talking to each other about stuff we enjoy. Absolutely. Did you notice? And only people watching us on YouTube will catch this. I changed the background. Yes. I do try to kind of keep up with the different things we're reading and move them through as we go. Like you can see right down there, Tagana is one I recently crossed off my list. And uh, Dragon Drums. Let's see. there. There. That's going to go away shortly because we just finished that book and we're going to move on to the White Dragon next. But anyways, keeping it fresh. How you doing, Zach? I know we just saw each other a little while ago because we're recording episodes back to back. But they didn't necessarily just see us. Right. So, so did anything well. change? We just finished <laughs> Shadow Rising and very exciting bits of stuff. Um, if this episode comes out before that, then oops. I don't actually remember where nope. this one falls. This comes out after. Yeah. So they'll have to listen to that first. We have to f- start a new book. Oh, my. It's been months and months since we started a new book. Yeah, I kind of like went ahead and have to stop now. I intentionally <laughs> had stopped after the fires of heaven oh. so that I don't get too far lost. Yeah, but I don't wow. have to restart yet. I haven't even scheduled out those episodes yet. So we'll start recording those next month. I guess I kind of got to start planning the schedule. Maybe there will be a couple other interim things just to give us the time to get there. Yeah, and we will. No worries. Uh, I saw you went and made yourself a drink. I did. I made a new drink. I mentioned last time I was out of coffee, so I wouldn't be able to be making a drink with that anymore. So a friend of ours recently got us a book that we've looked at before, never actually got. I had a couple pictures, admittedly, from inside of it of things that look specifically interesting. But this it's this fun little cocktail book. So I am making and trying the Turn Undead. Now, this cocktail <laughs> book is all fantasy and often D&D related. Nice. Things. Yeah. So it reads, when the dead rise up and threaten the living, it is the holy clerics that can stem the tide and cast back the horde. With this drink, you will find that the bitter and sour that you might expect is turned into something much more pleasing. It's an ounce of vodka, an ounce of coffee liqueur, and two teaspoons of fresh lemon juice. Very nice. So I garnished that with a nice little half a lemon tossed in. It definitely, I think I overdid it a little with the lemon by putting that much in there, but it's a nice refreshing drink that looks a little dark and muddy, but still remains kind of bright and tart. So that's fun. Very good. Well done. Creating something fresh, a fun cocktail you've not had before. I'm having a cocktail I've had before because <laughs> it's the one I made for our previous episode and I went and made another because it's <laughs> just so good. The Sour Shido which has nothing to do with the Broken Earth trilogy. It's a Wheel of Time themed cocktail. It's a Watt tail, but it's worthwhile. And I did, since our last episode, post it to Instagram and on our Discord so people can find the recipe to make the Sour Shido themselves. Now, you mentioned the Broken Earth. Is that what we're here for today? We are. I am assuming people watching or listening saw the title of the episode. I I just dropped that out there. But like... Maybe it just came up on the feed. They're binging. They didn't read it. I don't know. It could be years down the line. This is part of our series on to read or not to read. Okay, so we're going to talk about this series. This is a trilogy, Broken Earth. We're going to give you some basics of what it's about, our personal experiences with it, 
are thoughts that may influence whether you'd go on to read it or not. And if you've already read it, you'll get to find out whether you agree with us wholeheartedly, sorta, or we're just bonkers and we're good with you letting us know any of those ways. So, ground rules, let's give them the reminder, this will still be spoiler light. Correct. Never, this is not a book review. No. I'm not going to tell you everything you would learn by reading the book, because we want to leave it for you to read the book, should you choose. So, not ruining it for you. We'll just kind of give the basics of what you need to know to understand why you might be interested in this trilogy. Correct. What we will say about it is highly subjective. We respect other people will have alternate opinions. I'll even respect that I'm pretty sure Zach will have an alternate opinion well, we different on this trilogy. Us, yeah. No, that's fair. And people in Discord with us can tell us their opinions too. We've got uh, Gentle Giant Jason with us here today. Hi. Not sure if he's read this yet or not. I'm guessing he may have. And uh, he can chime in with his thoughts on it too. And if it's brand new for him, again, Jason, we're not going to ruin this for you either. Ah, he's read the first two, not the third yet. There we go. So partway through, no fear. I'm not going to mess it up for you. We will try to give some legit reasons behind the things we say about this series, though. So again, as we spout off on our opinions, they're grounded on something, not just, uh, the book is good. Granted, those opinions may be um, <laughs> grounded in something where it is just it was good. But uh, we'll, we'll say why. Yeah. Kind of. We'll, we'll have some reasons. You might think we're wrong. I hope you think we're somewhat right, or at least slightly intelligent. That's maybe anyway. our goal. We start out with the segment on just the facts. This is three books. Go figure, a trilogy. Yeah, three I books. I mean, not every trilogy is. It should be. It isn't. <laughs> Those unfinished trilogies, yes. Well, sometimes they're like six books. Two and trilogies, And they still call it then. a trilogy. Well, they still call themselves a trilogy because they go, it was what? originally three books, what? but that's the full thing. And we, Well, you can still call it the trilogy. No. Give me an example. There's one in my brain that really sticks out, and I don't remember the name of it right now. We've talked about it before. <sighs> I will, if I remember the name, I'll let you know. That they would still call a trilogy. Yes, and I, I don't I remember. I give you why. something that started as a trilogy, but they wouldn't still call it the trilogy when they've written five or six of them. What's that? Would they? Would they? What? Hmm. If you can give me it, please tell me the name of it, because I. No, I'm saying they wouldn't. Would they? No. You know, you would think that, but I'm pretty sure I know of a series. It's killing me that I can't remember which one, but it is like five or six books, and you could call it a thing or the this trilogy and be referring to all of it. Hmm. And it Jason throws out, what about A Song of Ice and Fire? You know, kind of with a tongue stuck out. Maybe started that way? Mm-hmm. Again, there are some that start out as a trilogy, but they do go on. I'm a wheel of time. Once Upon a Time was going to be a trilogy. Then it went to other things. Okay, talking about this trilogy, though, it truly is one. Three books written by N.K. Jemison. Mm-hmm. Not the only books she's read, but some would say, at this point, her most successful books. It's definitely not the only books she's read. Uh, it's also not the only books she's written. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, I can't <laughs> think and speak at the same time. There are three books because it's a trilogy. A real trilogy. The first one's called The Fifth Season. came out in 2015. Then The Obelisk Gate came out in 2016. And it completed with The Stone Sky in 2017. So these, we're talking in 2022, five years old for the completion of the series. It's really difficult to talk about this series 
without revealing spoilers. So honestly, there's not a lot we can say. Part of the fun of the read is discovering what the heck is going on. What's happened before the time of the story and where the plot and main characters are headed before the finish of the story. So I don't want to blow that for anyone. What we can do is share the basic premise of the tale, kind of what you'd get on the back cover. You know, it's set in a world that is prone to major climate issues periodically, thus the name of the first book, Fifth Season. There is every now and then, every hundred years or so, a fifth season where basically winter hits hard and doesn't let go. I think it's fair to say without saying too much here that there is a definite seismic undertone to the series. Yes. Both in relation to the seasons and to the cool, interesting magic systems that we see. And, And I'm getting to that. But you actually just said something a little more than I would have said right there as we're trying to stay spoiler light. I, in both ways, think it is surface level. You look at it like, I think you could see both of that on a back co- on the actual back mm, cover. Man, we're going to talk after the episode. <laughs> but in this world, they have the four seasons we're used to, Okay. But a fifth season gets triggered now and then, and they've learned how to prepare. And historically, culturally, they have all these rules and codes for what they'll do when a fifth season happens. This long, cold winter that could be a few years, could be decades. They can't be sure, but they've got preparations that are intended to help them survive, help a community survive, help them make it through a fifth season. You're frowning. Yeah, I disagree on your definition of a fifth season, but it's not, like, important enough to matter. <laughs> okay. It's not necessarily a winter. But it is... Everything analogous. they had in their in no. their plans, and their prep, were based around there not being it's, a season where anything would grow. Yes, but that doesn't make it winter. It's analogous to a nuclear holocaust winter idea. So A nuclear it's winter. fair to, like... Do that, but putting it into a winter puts it into a already predetermined season of four seasons that I don't think is fair. This is not Game of Thrones, winter is coming, there's a longer winter. Although the condition you might experience is going to be pretty darn identical, one could say. I'll let you keep going. It, All it, right. It's a semantic issue that doesn't overall impact what I think about the story, which is what we're kind of getting to. We get to meet a society that is definitely haves and have-nots where there have been some people living in refined cities with great culture and almost closer to science fiction quality of life. And then outside of those communities, there's more the rural areas that are more subsistence living conditions and very backcountry rural. Definitely the have-nots as opposed to some of the haves. And the the other element I think it's fair to introduce here in the introduction is a name I'm going to slaughter but a group, a kind of people called Origines, Origines. How do you say it? I would go with Origines. Okay. Because of reasons. Okay. These are people who are born with an innate power to cause and prevent earthquakes. That's what we know about it originally. Yeah. They're considered highly dangerous people, whether they want to be or not. Because this ability is going to cause stuff to happen. They innately do this thing called a Rajani. Therefore, the name 
origins. So if you discover such a person, you're supposed to report it. You see it? Say something. See something? Say something. Okay. And officials of the powers, the government, whatever you want to call them, will follow up on that report. They will come and take custody of such a person and do something with them. Unfortunately, fear in the more rural areas leads some origins to be killed as soon as they're identified because we don't yeah. want the bad stuff to happen. Okay. That's really all I want to share on the story details. We're not going to go too much deeper on anything. Yeah, trust like me. Anything. That's the barest bones intro, but to share any more steals from what you could experience reading the trilogy. So we'll leave it there. I see Jason's noting that he, he read the first book, loved the first book, but disappointed with the direction of the second book. So he's probably not going to finish this trilogy. Everyone I know who's read this trilogy, all or part of it, very different perspectives on these books. So mm -hmm. I'm glad you hear that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting as it plays into what we'll share going a little further in. But I have a little bit more on just the facts. Getting out of the story itself, this series actually set a record as the first trilogy where each book won the Hugo Award for the best novel of the year. Three That's years in a row. Of, no, now you're getting away from me. Is it not in a row? First... It won for having each book in the trilogy. That's the award that it won, that no trilogy of any kind in sci-fi and fantasy had had all three of them win the Hugo Award. Yeah. A second record it set was that it was three consecutive years with the award going to the same author. It's two different records. That's why I didn't say it all at once. Okay? It's two different records, but it's essentially the same thing more so. Most trilogies don't come out no okay but this one happened to so not only was it the first trilogy because you could have had another trilogy that was less tradition more traditionally you know a few years apart yes. and all but nope this is the first trilogy that took it all but therefore it's also the first time an author won three years in a row yeah okay because i didn't know if it was the first time they an author had won three years in a row i did know it was the first time won three years in a row on a consecutive series it I didn't know if there was an author that wrote three independent things differently. So according to the Hugo organization, these are pretty awesome. Now, what kind of genre is Hugo? Specifically fantasy and science fiction. And they give yeah. awards to novels. This was winning the novel category. They also give awards to short stories, novellas. You know, it, it, there's different categories, but it's all in sci-fi and fantasy. They don't break them apart. So it's this award went to the best novel that either was published in or translated to English in, because this is for English books, mm -hmm. English language, um, in a calendar year. Yeah. So that is pretty cool. One of the things these books caused a stir with was the author's use of the second-person narrative as the primary narrative focus of the story, especially in the first book, mm -hmm. but really mostly for all three books. That's what's leaned into. There are some exceptions that come in there, but primarily... The author uses second person. Yeah. That is not what we're used to reading these days. No, it's very interesting. And it's something that I had when I was like going, maybe I'll write a book was one of the things I was heavily leaning into. I think that would be really interesting. Mm -hmm. I had the thought to be like, this would be really interesting before these were actually published, but I would not have done it anywhere near as successfully as this author did. People usually read books, stories that you'll find out there in either first person 
or a version of third-person narrative. That's what's common. Before I read these books, I saw the reviews of people who talking about the second-person narrative approach, and then this was so fresh and novel and cool, and others going, I just can't get into it. It's too hard to follow the second-person narrative. So I went in knowing this was something different. Mm -hmm. I had zero trouble reading it because of the second-person narrative. It was different. It was fresh. It didn't cause me challenges. So... I've struggled with the people who said they couldn't get into it because of that. I'm like, nah, I didn't see that. I'll speak more on that, but I think we're getting eventually out of the facts and into personal experience, and I'll wait for that. Okay, that'll be coming up. I have one teeny little bit left to say in just the facts, and that this trilogy has been, I forget the word for it, someone's paid the option or something. It's going to be adapted for the screen, either movie or television. I don't remember which. It might not be decided which, but the rights have been purchased. It's in development. It's been greenlit for something. Yes. So in the coming years, watch for somewhere Broken Earth. It's going to be out there. All right. That's the facts. How about our personal experiences? I read them first. So let yeah. me go first. So you go first. I read these back in 2021. I really jumped back into reading new science fiction and fantasy. And I say new as in new for me in early 2021. I've always enjoyed reading a lot of fantasy and sci-fi, but for a number of years, I hadn't done much reading. I'd been too busy with work, other things. And here during a pandemic, I decided, hey, let's do a podcast. Hey, let's talk about stuff. So I really started reading more. And this had been one that was recommended by some other content creators that I listened to. I was like, huh, okay, I'll give it a try. So early 2020, 2021, I got into this. I read right through all three of them. And my personal experience was I struggled with the first book. Hmm. With, again, opposite of what Jason said on Discord. Mm -hmm. I didn't really like the first book. There were just content decisions the author was making no issue with the quality of the writing just content issues character decisions particular elements and kinds of characters being introduced that i was like i don't need that it's not doing anything for me that made it hard for me to get through that book for me the experience of reading these improved as i went through the trilogy i almost didn't continue after book one but i am a completist so I read book two. Completionist. Completionist. Completist. Both words, I think, are made up. I don't so, think okay. completionist is a real word, but I think completionist is. Oh, no. Book two was better for me. I, I liked where the story started to diverge and go towards, and book three was the best. I think that is not a commonly held theory, <laughs> belief, experience, but that's mine. All right, Zach, you go. So I didn't... These were on my list about when you started them. You started them and I was like, yeah, they're on my list. But it was further down the list. I had other things I was reading. I think about the time that these got on my list was when I first started Mistborn, which was my first Sanderson stuff after Wheel of Time. And so it was like, I'll get to it. I'm excited for it when I get to it. But it's down there. I finally started reading the first one, Christmas of 2021. Okay. And it took me a while. It, it did which you, is wow. really sad because it's not that long of a book it's not really pages and i was enjoying it and that's that's the weirdest thing for me i was enjoying it but i had a hard time actually getting through it 
And for me, I think it was so much of the second person narrative because I thought it was cool and refreshing and different. But the second person narrative combined with long chapter intervals had me go, I'll sit down and I'll read a chapter. And I just like, it takes a while before I get back to, yeah, I'm going to sit down and read again. And so there were long gaps between that. And it just, okay. I had a hard time finishing it. I did eventually finish the first and then read some other things. And then I read the second and I had that same kind of issue. I was, it was hmm. taking me a little while. I got through it. So going into the third, I was sitting here going, I've been wanting to read these straight. I have all three in paper copies, but I've been having an issue with it. I'm going to try it as an audiobook. So even though I actually have the physical book and I try not to get both physical and audiobooks, right? I got the audiobook version and I tore through that thing. In my experience, I enjoyed the first, but it was hard to get through. The second, I had an even harder time almost getting through and I like forced myself to get through it because I wanted to get through it. But the second was not as good. I got to the third, tried it as an audiobook, and I loved it. The third was the best book by far. Wow. Okay. So you had kind of a reverse bell curve. It was a little bit of the second one I had to get through to build to the payoffs in the third. But the third was fantastic. It was worth it. And I wholeheartedly say if I were ever to try and do this again, because of the writing style, which I thought was very well done, audiobooks worked so much better for me. Interesting. And this was only reading in hard copy for me. I did not do audiobooks on this one. All right. So we clearly have some difference of opinion on where we feel these books fall. Let's see what we would say when it comes to strengths. And mm-hmm. it's like go back and forth. Okay. okay. So I'll give you one strength. Mm-hmm. For me, the novel writing style, that second person narrative, I think does bring something to the delivery of the story. I think it was very appropriate choice for the way this tale is being told. It wouldn't have been as successful in third person with an omniscient narrative or or first person. No, second person really played well for this tale. I will go a step further in my strength that's similar yet different. It's got beautiful prose. It's not the long-standing third person beautiful descriptions prose but it's evocative, interesting word choices and structures of sentences that to me goes, it felt like a book that belonged in a college literature class. Okay. Which could, to some people, be a weakness. But to me goes, it is a caliber of writing that is really provoking and interesting. (laughs) Provoking is a good word for things I'll talk about still coming up. Uh, My second strength, is I will firmly say this is not fantasy. This is science fiction fantasy. But science fiction fantasy that leans a little more into the fantasy. Okay, it's not true Mm sci-fi, but there's enough science fiction elements to it that it's definitely science fiction fantasy. Just the way it's blended, though, is is typical. Wrong word. The way it's blended is unique compared to other sci-fi fantasy I've read. I think she did something cool creating this story, the way she blends those elements in this book. Yeah, this is not my thing real fast, not my next strength, but I am just kind of adding into yours first. A lot of the time sci-fi gets funky and wrong. There's some good science in these books and something that I really enjoyed, there's some accurate anatomy stuff that isn't common knowledge anatomy stuff. Okay. I thought was very interesting. 
But no, the point the, that I the, want... There is some bad science in this book, too, though. That's why we got to have fantasy here, okay? Oh, absolutely. But that's where <laughs> they lean into the magic part. See, you use that word again. <laughs> it's fantasy. I've been on the record of saying if there's fantasy, magic is a thing. Like, I'm not going into de anywhere deeper in this. If it is a fantasy novel, magic is a thing. What that means, who knows? All right, go on to your next actual strength that you want yes. to lean into. There's some very interesting and incredible world building, especially because it's done differently than mm -hmm. often is. I would say most fantasy books are viewed as a crap. What's the words? Inductive versus deductive. Most fantasy, sci-fi fantasy stuff kind of explain things to you. They build the world and they start telling things through this. This does an incredible job of building a complex world by slowly revealing things. Okay. And not like giving you one thing and then subverting your expectations and changing it, but rather... It doesn't lean into a lot of exposition, you're saying. It just lets no. you discover it as you go. And you discover it with some of these characters and with these different things, and you see the little pieces coming together, but it, it is a beautiful revealing of the world rather than telling. Okay. I have one more strength that I'll point out, and that is... Now, this is funny with what I keep giving you a hard time for. For the unique way of writing about the powers involved beyond normal human abilities. Yeah, I can tell you're mad at me for a, a semantic thing that I'm okay with. And I was leading into to kind of give some muddledness. Okay. Again, we're going to talk offline about this one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, we should have talked maybe beforehand then about this one. No, because okay. I think the mess of confusion here, anyone who hasn't read anything has no idea why we're on at each other's throats <laughs> right now. <laughs> maybe they'll forget before they ever bother to read this then. So, okay. You got any more strengths? Interestingly enough, I'm not going to come out and say the characters are strengths. I no, you won't get me saying that either. So I'm going to come out and say the way some of the relationships between them are developed is very interesting. I can't go too much deeper than that, but just there almost seems like there's less focus on character and more on how they relate to each other. Okay, I can live with that. I want to move on to weaknesses now. Are you good with that? Yeah, can I actually start with this? Yes, you can. Because flip side of that, some of the characters there's too much focus on their relationships and they don't get developed enough because I sit here and go, I don't necessarily have a clear picture of this person or how they act or how they feel. I understand how they relate to each other and how they act to each other. But I almost sit here and go, I don't know how to refer to this person. If I were to talk about them to another person who read these books. Okay, now you're, you're, this is where I'm at with my first issue of general weakness. But I think our reasonings are different. Um, Probably. Go for it. But I'm saying there are too many significant characters that are presented as true reflections of culture today, where the authors seem to be saying, okay, what other kind of socially progressive character can I drop into this? Because yeah. this is what's important to me. I want to have somebody who's male in a female body. I want to have somebody who's going to be polyamorous. I want to, they keep, she keeps finding different things to put in here. And I'm like, you could have told this great story without feeling like that was such a need. Not that those people aren't real people in the world, but I felt like, especially in the first book, I felt like this was written as if the author saying, there's not enough of this. So I'm going to put it everywhere. 
So the interesting thing is I am so drastically on the other side of this as to why I'm upset about it. Because you go, it's all in there. It's everywhere. And I go, no, I mean, it's in there. But the reason that I have an issue and I'm upset is it's not described well enough. Any and all descriptions of characters and things seem so ambiguous. And you get like an initial description and then it's left to be very empty feeling. And so I don't feel like it's forced down your throat. It's too much for me. I, I hear what you're saying. I think it's just, it's there. And to you, it being there and being prevalent was too much. That's your taste and your preference. To me, this is one of those clear generational differences, yeah. I believe, between us. To me, I absolutely did not feel like it was forced down my throat. Yeah. I didn't feel like it was overly prevalent. What I did feel like was the author wanted to put these things in there and be like, this is a realistic depiction of how this world would be, but understood that her audience might feel like that was getting forced down their throat. And so she held back on describing it well. Wow, you think she held back. Wow. I really do. I really think it was not clearly well, she failed at holding back. in enough of these different uh, views. And especially, my big thing is especially, you say, in that first book. Well, yeah, because sometimes in the first time you met a character, something was described and explained. Most series, if it's a trilogy, the first time you meet them in each book, something is kind of reiterated. That was not done. There was an assumption that you had this clear picture in your mind and you went with it. And I think it, you found it a little more of a relief going forward because it wasn't highlighted again. And I felt more like I was getting a little bit lost and the characters didn't have enough distinction between them. All right. So we are on you, completely now, different sides of this. You used the term okay. force down your throat, you know. I didn't use that phrase. That was something you kept bringing up. Now, I have used that phrase talking you about this previously, when but I intentionally talked. did not use that here now. I'm trying to be the better man. No, I do think you said in your that face. way anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have another general weakness? Oh, yeah, we did go to yours. Yes. Sorry. I can go if you don't. Go for it. Sorry, I need to recollect my thoughts. I do have at least one more, but go for it. Okay. My last one is that I don't have another one. If you took out what she did with these progressive characters and putting it everywhere, I'd have nothing critical to say about the series. Sorry, it's a great book, but it, it it's a great three book series. And especially, I do say I enjoyed the second and third because it was less about that stuff that was plastered on me in the first book. And it was more about the story, which and I enjoyed the story. It's so. very confusing to me because I never felt like that first was about that stuff at all. No. <laughs> Subjective. One thing that I would myself put as a little bit of a weakness, and it's something that is more my preference. This is entirely my preference thing. Mm -hmm. There were a little bit of pacing issues for me. Really? I didn't catch that. Not because of the events that go on in the story or the books. The pacing of that seemed fine. But the way it was written, I would have benefited from the chapters being broken up a little better so that I felt like okay. there were better stopping points throughout. Okay. Um, there were a lot of long chapters and sections that it was like, yeah, this made sense to be here and be how it was. But it felt like I had to get through it. Okay. Again, go to the third book. Maybe it was because I did it as an audiobook. Maybe it was because it was different. Beautiful pacing. I loved it. Very good. 
So segue, and this will only be appreciated by our YouTube followers, not our audio followers. In our last episode, I talked about that one of the books I'm reading right now is this one, A Bargain with the Fey King. Okay. For audio, I just pointed to it on our new background. The book that was located right here on our last episode was The Stone Sky. Yeah. So now that we're talking about Broken Earth, I took it off the the background. Okay. (laughs) I have no other weaknesses to talk about. You're done with weaknesses, right? We can move on? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, would we ever read this series again? My answer is a simple no. No, I don't feel a need. I don't regret reading it. Not even while I struggled with the first book. I appreciate the story. I appreciate what the author crafted here, but it's not really my cup of tea because of things I've mentioned in weaknesses. It just it it steals from my enjoyment of the story. So unfortunately, I would not read this again. For me, I've got enough other things to read, and this just doesn't feel like it has a lot of reread value to it. I mean, there are things that you get from it, mm-hmm. but I feel like some of the best things that you get from it are the reveals along the way at a first read. It's like, would I want to watch The Sixth Sense again? No, because what made I it know. Good was not nothing. And Signs. I've, re- I've watched Signs again. But it's not as good as the first time because the reveals, yeah. And honestly, I think the Broken Earth trilogy would feel the same way. It feels best on a first exploration. Which is why we've been so careful not to spoil this. Rating scale, 1 to 100, subjective. Again, people, highly subjective. We're rating this on our own personal, of all the stuff we've individually read. Where do we rate this? This has nothing to do or loosely to do with the actual quality of the book. Mm-hmm. What do we feel? Where do we stick it with everything else and how we loved everything else we've Why read? You go first this time. Usually I do. This is the lowest I've given anything. It's a 40 for me. Ouch. It's a 40. I struggled that hard with the first book. Yeah. See, I seriously considered DNFing, and I don't DNF a series. For, for a book to lead that way for me... <sighs> yeah 40 i enjoyed the first one but it ha- took a while to get through i was having issues actually getting through it which was weird so that lowers it down second one i didn't enjoy that much it was okay again brings it down third one i loved pops it up and then finally to me the fact that it is different but very well done in being different uh-huh, uh-huh. pops it up i'm gonna place this at like an even 80 it's oh, not... shut the garage door. No. What? I... 80? Yeah. Wow. What I kind of value. I want to in... go back and look at what you rated other things we've talked about now. That's fair. Like what I value in books and things, do I think this is a better book, like better thing that I've read? I'm pretty sure I put this higher than things like Chronicles of Narnia and uh, Harry Potter. Those are things I enjoyed. I'm sure you did h- higher than ha- both of those. Yeah. But I don't think either of those qualify as better and so when i try to look at what my personal objective subjectivity is (laughs) no this is the rating is is not and i did enjoy subjectivity it's what do you like what do you like and i balance all these things and no (laughs) don't tell me it's what do i like because if that was the case i could have given percy jackson way higher and you would have been like no it's about how good it is so i what no. did I give Percy Jackson now? Now I'm wondering. Know. 
I'm sure I still gave it higher than a 40. I, I don't think I've given this. anything this low. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff I guess I've read that I didn't like at all then that has to be lower than the 40. And I don't know what that stuff was. We'll, ne we'll never talk about that stuff. No, I definitely think our <laughs> opinion of how this 100 scale works, it's like, I don't have one thing for every value. It just I'm, gives us something to talk about. Exactly. It's a very weird, arbitrary number. I mean, here's something I'll say about this series for certain. Uh, if I could take out what I didn't like about the particular character development choices the author made, this is a spectacular story. I love what the author created. The world building. That stuff that starts with an M word that I don't want to talk about. The way... This whole thing came from beginning to end. It's amazing. Yeah. The way I just struggled so it, much with what like the author did there that I wish she'd take it back. If to it a didn't different... have those elements for you, I almost wonder if this would be in almost the 90s. We'll never know now, will we? Okay, final question. What sort of person do we think may enjoy this series? I'm going first. I'm going first. I got a good one. Most fantasy and science fiction readers especially if they're under 40 that was a, i wasn't sure what number i was going to say but i <laughs> was going to put an age cap on it not that older people can't enjoy it no but but the older people will have to appreciate it more i'm not even going to say we'll have to but there is a general tendency to lean closer to some of the things that you would feel uncomfortable by now it's not that we're perfect and had everything right. I mean, I enjoyed the Xanth series, and there's issues with that of a whole nother level. You enjoy some I've, things that I have issues with. I've seriously thought about, it'd be fun to reread that sometime. <laughs> and that I couldn't tell anybody because it's so inappropriate now. Just saying. <laughs> but now I have some friends who have very much enjoyed The Witcher. Yeah. But don't do a ton of crazy sci-fi fantasy stuff, I might actually recommend this one. Um, they're about my age. They enjoy... Brendan? You think stuff. Brendan would like this? He probably would, but that's not actually who I was talking about. Sam? Nah, you don't know a Harry Potter any person, of the people you know? that I am talking about. You've they're made Austin. new friends? They're Austin people, yes. Uh, these two in specific are ones he that has a life, were people. Rachel's There's, friends before they were my friends, and they're one of the groups that I play D&D &D with. When... Do we get one of these new people on as a guest on our show? Uh, we'll talk after this because I've talked about that. I like it. All right. I think we're done then. Are we done? Uh, I technically didn't give any other what oh, who I would oh. recommend this to. Oh, who? Okay. So you have something else. You were leaning into what I said, but yes, just not no, I do have year, one so. other thing. I really think that literary-wise, this holds up. And so if it's someone who maybe really likes books that are good I, I have to put air quotes <laughs> books that people who are a little snobby maybe who give have, hugo awards exactly think that these things are good and would assign you to read them in a class whether they read sci-fi fantasy or not if they're going to read sci-fi fantasy something like this is what they need to read because i could totally see this it. in a college class totally yeah. In a number of different classes, actually. Doesn't that mean we should hate it, though? If it's, like, being assigned in class? I mean, not necessarily. Like, let's be real here. Great Expectations? Oh, awful. Hate I met it. a dog named Pippin yesterday. I know but where that the, comes from. Yeah. On the oh, other that was side Pip, of things. But, you know. 
To Kill a Mockingbird? Loved it. So <laughs> there are books that I'm you just, read for I'm various just classes there. that are very different. Because there was somebody I heard recently who had a real issue with with some of the the current offensive stuff that's too leaning into CRT and stuff. And we should stick in schools to good books like To Kill a Mockingbird. I'm like, have you read that book? Apparently not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just funny. Okay, that was a segue. All right. Now are we done? I'm good. All right, then I'm going to play this. The outro is running, people. Here are many ways to connect with us and let us know how you felt, especially if you liked what we had to say. If you agree with my dad, let us know. If you agree with me, let us know. If you disagree with both of us, please let us know. I know it sounds like I'm begging, but in truth, we just love any time we get interaction with we you. That's why we love our Discord server We've so much. We've made new friends this way. We keep getting and new people in our Discord, which is huge. And you heard Jason with us earlier. He's one of our Patreon supporters. If you are willing to support us with a little bit of money, financial every month, you can join us live here too and interact in a whole other way. So we appreciate that. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, everybody who's a supporter. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.